Good morning, everyone. My name is Tim. Welcome to Washera Community Church. We're glad you're here this morning. Um, visitors, we give you a special welcome. Those of you that have been here only once or twice or whatever it might be, thank you for sharing your time with us this morning. We hope you leave here encouraged this morning um, after, after we're done. So uh, remember, our mission here, number one, we exist to give creative and meaningful worship to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And number two, we want to discover and develop disciples for him. That is why we are here. Um, some announcements for you. First of all, sorry. if you are in need of a hearing assistive device, please see one of the sound techs at the desk back there. There's a men's breakfast on January 28th. Um, I believe the sign-up is out back. So men and teenage boys, sign up for that, please, at the table in the, in the foyer out there. The No Regrets Men Con Men's Conference um, on February 4th will be live streamed at the River Shores Church, and there will be a group of guys going to that, so please um, make plans to attend to that, men. And then finally, um, single adults lunch, uh, uh, fellowship today after Sunday school at the Lakeshore restaurant, okay? So after the Sunday school hour, single adults lunch fellowship. Um, Clearly, I'm learning how to do this yet. <laughs> it's Let's, not you. It's a schedule change. Okay. <laughs> Let's close in prayer here um, and prepare ourselves for this morning. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity for all of us to be here this morning. Thank you for the beautiful frost on the trees this morning. Um, your incredible design is, is beyond comprehension. Just so beautiful driving into church this morning, Father. Thank you for... All of us here, I pray that we would leave here encouraging each other, that we would enjoy our time together with fellow believers, Father, and that you would give us a heart of worship during this time this morning and a heart that's open to hearing what um, the sermon has uh, for us this morning through the Holy Spirit. We love you so much, Father. Thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Maybe seated. Can we welcome uh, Megan to the platform this morning? We're really thankful for her uh, serving in this way. Um, we're going to learn how to squeeze in, aren't we? Yeah, we're going to. And there's always seems to be space on this side. So, okay. But it's good to be here this morning. We want to spend some time in prayer this morning before we, before we take up the offering. We've had some people that have lost loved ones this last week or couple weeks, and so we want to remember them in prayer. We want to remember in prayer um, the many youth and youth leaders that are headed to districts uh, next weekend. So let's remember those, uh, the teenagers and those that are going to supervise and that whole event. Um, let's remember that also in prayer. Today also we want to pray for our transition team that has been put together, and they are having their first meeting that today. And so pray for those that group of people that are coming together to talk about our church and to pray and to, to put some things down on paper maybe and to help us just keep going forward in a healthy way. And so just be in prayer, especially even today at around 4 o'clock, if you think about it, just pray for that team that's gathering together. So let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. Thank you for salvation. Thank you, Lord, for um, our brothers and sisters in Christ that we are rubbing shoulders with this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the opportunity that our youth have to go to districts and, and the speakers and the things that they will hear there and the interactions that they will have with other uh, youth from other churches and, and also the interaction between our youth leaders and the youth themselves, Lord. Give them protection, watch over them. Thank you for the provision that has come so that each one of them can go, Lord. But may, may, they, 
may the experience um, through song and through word you. And so, Lord, we put that into your hands. This morning, too, we pray for um, the persecuted church, Lord. We know that that is happening throughout the world. Lord, we lift up those that are meeting in places uh, not as free as we are this morning. Lord, your hand upon them, especially upon those pastors, the leaders of those churches, Lord, that are brave, um, that are courageously uh, gathering your people together. Lord, we pray this morning for those that are grieving. We think of those in our church family who have lost loved ones just recently, and uh, may they have the comfort of God come upon them. And so, Lord Jesus, uh, continue to help and, and nudge us, Lord, to reach out to those that are, are hurting at this time. And Lord Jesus, too, we pray for our transition team. We pray for that, that group of men and women who have been put together. And, and as we spend some time together over the next two or three months, Lord, that you will guide our conversations and, and that we will sense that you are leading us and directing us, Lord. Help us as we look into your word and, and allow the word of God to guide us, Lord. We ask this in your precious name. And Lord Jesus, we, we thank you this morning that we have the opportunity to give to you. We thank you for the opportunity to, to take the resources that you have given to us and then return it back to be used for your mighty hand. And so, Lord Jesus, this morning, it's, it's great to be able to say, We've come to worship you in many different ways. And so we give all of you, all of this in your precious name and for your glory. And with that, we say, amen. Amen. So we're going to have our ushers come forward at this time. We'll take up the morning offering. And also, children, come on up. I got something to show you this morning. I got something to ask you. You can go right ahead, guys. Come on up, kids. Come on, right up here. Find a seat. Find a seat. I got a question to ask you this morning. And so you can help me answer my question. Yep, find a spot. And you, so if you have an answer, I want you to raise your hand, okay? So once you raise your hand, then I'll, 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 I'll bring the mic over to you. But I, so here's the question. Um, can you tell me one, one, everybody put up a one. One, can you tell me one thing about Jesus? One thing about Jesus. Okay, Marcy. He sacrificed himself for everyone. Yeah, that's a good one. He's kind. He's kind. He died on a cross. He died on a cross. He did it on the road. Okay, yeah. Can you say it again? I didn't catch it. He did it on the road. It's on the road, okay. Okay, I just have same. Oh, same as his, okay. Something about Jesus. You want to think about it a little more? Okay, think about it a little more. Did you have one? Jesus is kind. Jesus is kind. He loves everyone. Loves everyone. He's the only perfect thing. He's the only perfect thing? Wow. Oh, all these are good ones. Anybody else before I tell you mine? Anybody else? Oh, did you think of it? He's really kind. He's really kind, yes. Well, I've been busy this week making some things, and I want to show you just one of them. I just want to show you one. Does anybody have any idea what that is? It's a V. That's right. It's a V. It's a V. But it's a it's a it's a paper boomerang. Do do you know about boomerangs? If you throw a boomerang, what's supposed to happen? It spins and it comes back. And that's the thing I want to tell you about Jesus. That Jesus is coming again. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus is coming again. So on each one of these boomerangs, can you see this? I've got coming again. See the words? Coming again. And then I've got a little, a little phrase. I've got an arrow coming down that he came. Remember, he came, was born in a manger, or laid in a manger. Then he died on a cross. See the cross? 
and then he rose again, and he ascended into heaven, and then I got one more arrow coming down because he's what? Coming again. He's coming again. So if I made this right, if I made this right, you got to throw it in just a certain way. We'll see if this boomerang works, okay? See if it comes back to me. Here we go. Oh, look at that. It came back to me. And I am so thankful that Jesus is coming back again. Now, I'm going to have you do a twofold thing because I got a boomerang for everybody. Okay, but I don't want you to throw it. <laughs> I want everybody to take a boomerang, but I'm going to have you take it to your parents. Okay? So once you get to your, go, go right now. Once you get it, take it to your parents and then come back to me. Yep, take it to your parents right now. Right now. And then, and then come right back up. Everybody get a boomerang. Everybody get a boomerang. Take it to your parent, and then bring, come right back up. Yep, go ahead. Take it to your parent, come right back up. Who do you, did everybody get one? Not rubber band. I need the rubber bands. Thank you. Okay. Who's my children's church leader this morning? Right here, come on up, Elisa. And we're going to pray. And those that are headed to Children's Church will go with Lisa down to Children's Church. So let's bow our heads in prayer. And we're going to thank Jesus that he's coming again. So Heavenly Father, thank you for all the things that the kids said this morning about you. But also we want to thank you that you're coming again. You're coming again. That was what you said in your word. And we look forward to that day. Be with these children as they learn more about you this day. In thy precious name, amen. Amen. So follow. Thank you. Good to see all your faces this morning. And um, yeah, feel free to back this off just a little bit. Thanks, Bob. Um, if you didn't get a sermon outline there in the back uh, at the little table and also at the, on, by the window over there, um, I, I do just want to reiterate uh, men's breakfast. Men's breakfast on the 28th. Um, I I, I really covet those times because it's an opportunity for me as your pastor uh, to speak to the men of the church. And so if you can make it on the 28th, there's a sign up in the, in the foyer. Um, there's also a connect card. And I thank you for those who have been filling these out. Maybe you have a prayer request or maybe you wanted to be on the, on the email. And so um, continue to do that, and you either put them in the offering plate or, or there's a box in the foyer also that you can drop those. And I do want to make mention just one more thing is uh, I'm thankful for our pantry ministry. And so we just ended 2022, so they make out a report of, of how things went in the pantry ministry. And so over the last year, um, they were able to serve 307 households 307 households, which equated to um, almost 1,200 people being served, individuals being served uh, during that. Yeah, that is, praise the Lord uh, for that. And so be thinking of that as they, as you see things in the bulletin saying what they need and bringing that in and dropping it off in the, in the, in the bin at the kitchen area there over by the counter. Um, every bit of that helps. It really does help. Okay, so we are in First Peter chapter 5, as was said. We have uh, this sermon and then one more. I call this the big therefore, the big therefore, because uh, when, you, when you get toward the end of, of books, when you get toward the end of the books, lots of times the writer will say that. But I also want you to know that next week there's an important PS coming. A PS. Is this still doing it, isn't it? Yeah, it's bouncing all over the place. Um, it's like the boomerang. Um, remember getting a handwritten letter? I'm looking at the postmaster. Um, uh, the handwritten written letter, and on the bottom of the handwritten letter, it would say, um, sincerely yours, and then there would be the name. 
and then underneath that, sometimes there would be a PS. And then in that PS, maybe it was something uh, totally unrelated or maybe another sense of affection, or maybe it was the most important thing that they wanted to tell you again that was in the letter, maybe, maybe that's there. But I, I remember getting PS sometimes on the bottom of a letter that was just as long as the letter. Hey, you ever get one of those? Yeah, they, they even write in there, uh, this should have probably been in the letter. Or they'll put PSS, you know, and then give you another one. Well, that's what Peter does next week. Next week, we'll see a PS uh, to, to this letter. But I want to read you the passage first in its entirety. So this is 1 Peter chapter 5. And if you have your scripture journals, and we did order some more of these, they will be coming. If you want to circle, I, I want, I'm going to say circle, and I'm going to say square. So if you want to write in your scripture journal and circle the words I say and put a square around the words, that's for a reason. So in verse 6, it says humble, and you would circle humble. Humble yourselves, therefore under the mighty hand. Put a square around mighty hand, mighty hand of God. So that at the proper time, put a square around proper time, he may exalt you. Put a square around exalt. Casting, put a circle around that one. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares. Put a square around cares, cares for you. Be sober-minded, sober-minded a circle. Be watchful, watchful a circle. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Put a circle around resist, resist him. Put a circle around firm, firm in the faith. Put a circle around knowing knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered, put a circle around suffered, suffered a little while. The God of all grace, put a square around grace, who has called you, put a square around called, to his eternal glory, put a square around eternal glory in Christ will himself, and then a bunch of squares, restore, square, confirm, square, strengthen, square, and establish, square, you. To him be the dominion, square, forever and ever. Amen. Now, I, just, a, just a note ahead of time. Every time you put a circle, it was about you. It was related to you. Every time you put a square, it was related to God. And that's how I'm looking at this passage of Scripture again this morning. I'm looking at what's, what, what's related to us and what's related to God this morning. So he says, therefore, and therefore, um, lots of times, this is a great definition of it. These things being so. These things being so. Because these things being so, therefore, I'm saying this. Well, what are these things being said so? Well, we had four commands so far. Set your hope fully on the grace, second coming of Jesus Christ, chapter 1, verse 13. We have, were given the command to be holy in all your conduct because our God is holy, chapter 1, verse 16. Conduct yourselves with fear or reverence of him, chapter 1, verse 17. And then love one another earnestly with a pure heart, chapter 1, verse 22. These things being so. Now, these things being so, also we got four mandates that were given to us, that you proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, chapter 2, verse 9, so that you might follow in his steps, chapter 2, verse 21. But on the contrary, we don't revile. No, we bless, not revile, chapter 3, verse 9, and then always be prepared to make a defense of anyone who asks of the hope that is within you, chapter 3, verse 15. These things being so, these, all these things being so, and also that we are in the red zone. We're in the red zone. If I can just refer us back to, very quickly here, chapter 4, verse 2, which says, so as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. For the rest of the time, that's the 
red zone. That's the red zone. Another place to look is chapter 1, verse 24 and 25. When he describes the time that we have, he, he quotes scripture. It says, for all flesh is like grass and all its glory like the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower fails, falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. Let me give you one, another one away from 2 Peter because we always try to tie Peter and Paul together. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and in verse 17, we, we read this one a lot at funerals. And it says, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, temporary, red zone. But what is unseen is eternal. What is seen is temporary, this age. What is unseen is eternal, the age, the age to come. Because we have these commands, because we have these mandates, because we are in the red zone, therefore, therefore, and it made me think of Dr. Francis Schaeffer, um, who wrote this book, How Should We Then Live? How Should We Then Live? Great book. Great book. If you want a book to read, grab that one. How Should We Then Live? So how should we respond as Christians? How should we respond to the salvation that God planned for glorification? He planned it so that we could ultimately be with him, with him. How do we respond to a salvation where Jesus purchased it, purchased for justification, that we could be right before him? And we are only right before him because of his righteousness. And how do we respond to the salvation that the Holy Spirit polishes for sanctification? How do we respond to live now for him? So to be with him, to be before him, but now to live for him, for him. So here's my last one. As a person who has been born again by God, and I keep taking you back to that first, first chapter one, verse three. I've read this many times. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. How does this person who has been born again by God what should my life look like? That's what I want to pull out of this passage this morning. What should my life look like? Now, if you got a, a sheet, I had to put this onto two different slides, but if you had a sheet this morning on the back, you'll see this chart, and I was going to leave it blank, but I thought, oh, man, that's way too much stuff to write in there kind of thing. But it, just looking at it at the onset, looking at it on the onset, you see that God's side is longer than our side. See that? God's side, and it's not up there on the screen, but on here. God's side is longer than our, his is always longer than our side. Always longer than our side. And I'm just going to work, as we work back through this passage of Scripture, both sides of that chart. So if we go back, he says, humble yourselves. Humble yourselves. Humble means to make low. Last week, we read in verse 5, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to your elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, all of you, with humility toward one another. So we are to be, our lives are to be humble. Our lives are to be in servant mode to those that are around us, that God has put around us. We, it says that he came to serve, not to be served. That's that should be a descriptor of us. It says, humble yourselves. It means that you're doing it. You're the one that's making this happen. You're the one putting yourself in that position. It, you know, like our, our nation is, we self-govern ourselves. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to self-govern ourselves. We, and, and so he is saying here that this is a self-governing thing that I humble myself. So Jesus gave a great example of this. In Luke, this won't be on your sheet, but in Luke uh, chapter 14, Pastor Robert will hit this in a couple weeks. Luke chapter 14, we have this scene where Jesus is at a banquet. And when he, Jesus, and starting at verse 7, noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. He says, when someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, 
for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this man your seat. Then humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you're invited, take the lowest place. Humble yourself. That's what he's saying there. When you are invited, take the lowest place so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to the better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all your fellow guests. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself, humble yourselves, will be exalted. So there's the first thing about us is that our lives are to be, be characterized that we are humble. We humble ourselves. And then we can do this, we can do this because it says, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Because our God has a mighty hand. That word for mighty hand means he's, it's, a, it's a strong help. So it's a hand that is helping hand. Now, we had four children, and I was so glad we had four children because every once in a while, I needed all their hands. You ever done something, and you just, you're there, and you're like, if I just had another set of hands. You know, and then you do. You have somebody who steps in and offers their hands to you to help in that time. You're so appreciative of that. So appreciative of that. Our God has a mighty hand, has a helping hand to us. He goes on to there, mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, the proper time, meaning the fixed and defined time, who is in charge of the proper time? Our God who has a what? Mighty hand a mighty hand. He's in charge of this time. At the proper time, he may exalt you. He may exalt you. That exalt means to lift up on high. So we can humble ourselves because we have a God who has a mighty hand, a helping hand, who, who, who at the proper time, at his proper time, will exalt his own. He will do that. We need to remember that. Then the next thing is us again casting, and we sang that song, casting all your anxieties onto him. Casting, meaning to throw, to place upon. So my life is to be humble in a servant mode, but is it also to be casting my cares upon him? My cares upon him. And these, this casting, I mean, it's, it's every, cast all my anxieties onto him. So I thought, well, I'll read you a few of them. I'll read you a few examples. So Psalm 37 uh, verse verse 5 says, commit your way or cast your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. So even your way, just cast that onto the Lord, whatever direction you go. Go to Psalm 55. You're going to hear a different one here. Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my plea. Hear me and answer me. My thoughts trouble me and I am distraught at the voice of the enemy and the stares of the wicked, for they bring down suffering upon me and revile me in their anger. What kind of casting is he doing there? He's troubled. He is troubled. He goes on to say, my heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death assail me. Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. I said, oh, here's, his, here's, here's what he wants to do. Oh, that I might have the wings of a dove and would fly away and be at rest. That's what I would want to do. That's what I would want to do. I would flee far away and stay in the desert. I would hurry to my place of shelter, far from the tempest and storm. So you have somebody here who is very troubled, troubled within. And what is he doing? He's casting it upon the Lord. He's casting it upon the Lord. Let me give you one more. This one is in Proverbs uh, chapter 16 and verse 3 where it says, commit or cast to the Lord whatever you do, whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. So we are to be described as humble servants in servant mode, but also people who cast their cares upon the Lord, that, we, that, that he's our first go-to. When we have something, we are talking to the Lord. We are talking to the Lord. Back to our passage casting all your anxieties onto him because he cares for you. This is why we can do it, because he cares for you. He, he cares about you. He has an affection for you. 
And because he has an affection for you, it's, it's easy to cast your cares upon someone who loves you and you know they love you. You know they love you. Go on from there, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Here's the next one for us. Be sober-minded. Be sober-minded. That word sober-minded means calm and collected. That, that's, that should be our demeanor, that we should be calm and collected. How can we be calm and collected? Well, because we have a God who has a mighty hand. And he has a proper time. And at the proper time, he will exalt his own. And, and he cares so so much about us that when something hits in our, into our lives, we are not alone, are we? And we can be calm and collected, knowing that God is in control. God is in control. At the same time, be sober-minded. But the next one, be watchful. Be watchful. Give strict attention. Give strict attention. Now, lots of times people will say, the next line is, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a lion seeking someone to devour. That we have an enemy named Satan, and he is, he is looking. He is looking for the weak link. He is. But be watchful here for me is be watchful, strict attention to God. Strict attention to your relationship with the Lord. That, that's what needs to happen here. So I, I thought of a couple other verses here. I'm going back to Luke again. Luke chapter 21. Luke 21, and starting in verse 34, Jesus says, Be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and anxiety of life, and that the day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you will be able to escape all that is about to happen, that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Who are you praying to? You're praying to God. You're strict attention to God. Strict attention to God. Let me give you one more in Mark. Mark chapter 13. He gives the same kind of instruction again. Mark chapter 13, starting at verse uh, 22. For false Christs and false prophets will appear and perform signs and miracles to deceive the elect, if that were possible. So be on your guard. Be on your guard. I have told you everything ahead of time. What am I being on? What am I paying my attention to? What he has spoken of ahead of time. My attention is on what he has said, and my strict attention is there. So I'm a servant. I have a servant mentality. I, I'm, I'm throwing my, I'm talking to him. I'm casting my, my whole life upon him, uh, knowing because who God is, I can be calm and collect. I can be calm and collect, but I'm keeping a strict attention on him, strict attention on my God. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Now, here's what we do with him. The next one, resist him. Resist him. Resist means to set oneself against. Set oneself against. We say no to Satan. We say no to temptation. That is a description of our lives, of someone who is saved. Someone who is saved, it says no to Satan. That's what he says. Now, let me give you a couple more verses here. We're still in Mark. Mark chapter 14, verse 37 and 38. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. That we need to resist him. We need to resist temptation. Let me give you one more back to Luke again. Luke chapter 22. Luke 22, starting at verse 31. Jesus speaking again. He says, Simon, Simon, Satan is asked to sift you as weak, but I have prayed for you. Simon, that your faith may not fail. Now, what's really neat here is what Jesus is going to do. Jesus is going to tell him ahead of time that he's going to fall. And then he tells him ahead of time that after he falls, he's going to get back up again. And then after he gets back up, he tells him what he wants him to do. He says, when you have turned back, that means he's turned away. When you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I'm ready to go to you to prison and to death. And Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you know me. 
There's going to be plenty of times when Satan is, is hammering that at you. And you, what do you say? No. No, you resist him, the resist him. The next one, we do this by being firm in your faith. Firm in your faith, strong and immovable. Strong and immovable. Your feet are planted in your faith. Your faith that God has given you, that your eyes have been opened, that Jesus is the Christ. He is your Savior. He is the, the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except by Him. And He is your Savior. You are firm in that faith. Firm in that faith. If you go to the going deeper classes, I mean, this is the one, the section to really focus in on, is to say, what are the practical ways that I keep firm in my faith? What are the practical ways that I watch? I'm watchful. I have a strict attention to my God so that when temptation and Satan comes along, I can say what? No, no. Okay, back to the passage. Firm in the faith. The next one, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by the brotherhood throughout the world. This is interesting, knowing. To see for self, to see for self, that's what knowing means. What are you to see for self? That you recognize and you realize that there are people all over the world that are followers of Jesus Christ. And there are people all over this world that are, are, are probably in, in tougher situations than you, we are right now. And that we realize that we are, we're not so selfish. It's all about me. No, it's all about him. But there's a whole bunch of people all around me who are brothers and sisters in Christ who are also suffering and maybe even worse than I'm suffering. And I need to realize that. I need to remember that I am not alone. I have been put in the family of God. And that family of God includes here, but it also includes all the way around the world. Knowing the suffering, the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Verse 10, and after you have suffered a little while, suffered a little while to be affected, you've been affected uh, with suffering because you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you've suffered a little while for the God of all grace, the God of all grace, that which affords joy, the one who affords you joy, the God of all grace, someone said all that we need and all that we get, who has called you, who has called you, he has invited you by name, <laughs> back to chapter 1, verse, verse 3, um, another one that uh, we look at there is chapter 2, verse 9, where we see that phrase again. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you, invited you by name, out of darkness into his marvelous light. This God who is, gives grace, who has called you, back to our passage, called you, to his eternal glory in Christ. To his eternal glory. Eternal meaning without beginning or end. And glory meaning opinion, judgment, or view. So this one who has called you in Christ because of what Christ has done, at some time you will be exalted into that place of beginning and no beginning and end, and you see his view of all eternity. That's what he's inviting you to. And then he says, will himself, and then we got these four, I think I need to click here. He says, I will, and he does, the, he puts them on top of one another. I will restore, I will render complete, I will perfect, I will confirm, I will placely firm, firm, place firmly something, I will strengthen, I will make it to stand, and I will establish it, I will ground it to the foundation. So it's like four things he's saying on top of one another to, to just re-emphasize this one will restore, will confirm, will strengthen, and establish. He will do all four of those things. Why is he telling um, this? Because you have to remember, who's he writing to? Persecuted Christians. First century persecuted Christians. He's writing to persecuted Christians who have had some of their friends perish for the faith. And he, some of those friends have been burned at the stake. Some of those friends have been hung on a cross. Some of those friends have been put on a rack and stretched in every direction, trying to get them to say Caesar is Lord. 
Some of their friends have been put into the lions, to the lions. What have they seen of their friends' bodies? Were they just put into a grave? No, no, their friends' bodies were mangled, were burned. But he says, no, we serve a God who will restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish what you have seen mangled. Our God does that. Now, let me take you to another verse that sometimes we read at funerals. Uh, chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 42 through, 40, 42 through 44. So it will be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable, but is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. He's telling these persecuted Christians, yes, you have seen some terrible things happen to your friends who have been persecuted, but we serve the God who can take that and totally restore it. Totally restore it. Let me give you one more verse here that relates to this, and it's uh, Philippians chapter 3, 20 and 21. I'm pausing for effect here, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that we will be like his glorious body. He's trying to reaffirm or reassure these persecuted Christians that whatever happens to them, they serve a God who, who not only puts it back together, he puts it back together in a glorious way and puts them in a place where he is, where he is. And then he does verse 11. We're to verse 11 now. Verse 11, it says, to him be dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now, this is what I, I put on the sheet here. It's uh, Peter's mic drop, but don't do this. I see people do this. They, they make a point. They drop them. Do not do this. This is a tool used to amplify voice. It's, it's, you can make your point a different way. But this is, this is, in our day, this is his mic drop when he says, to him, to him, to him, to the one who has a strong helping hand, to him who has set the right time, to him who will lift his own on high, to him who cares about you, to him who provides all joy, to him who has called you by name, to him who has an eternal view, to him who will make you perfect, who will place you firmly, who will make you stand, and he will ground you to the foundation. To him, to him be all glory and dominion. In chapter 4, this is a common ending that Peter gives. Chapter 4, verse 11 says, the end of it says, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. To him be all glory and dominion, be all awe and ability, be all praise and power, be all majesty and might forever and ever. And then it's so funny, sometimes forever, when they say that, yeah, forever, an unbroken age, a perpetuity of time, eternity. And then he says the word, amen. And that, when it, that word amen means verily. It means what has been said before is a true statement, truly so be it is another way of saying it. But he's saying what I've said is firm and faithful. What I'm saying is supported and confirmed, and then he drops the mic. Not really. Don't not drop the mic. But he drops the mic on his God. So let me take us back to this and close. So God is so much for us that, again, we respond with, this is how we are to be. We respond with humbling ourselves. We're in servant mode. That's how we are to be as saved people. 
We are casting all our cares, all our anxieties upon Him. We are speaking to Him about our lives. And we are casting those things, all the things of our life, onto Him. That's a part of our lives. We are to be calm and collected in our spirit. And we can be calm and collected in our spirit because we know who our God is and the attributes of our God. We pay strict attention to God. And again, I say, this is the part to really look at and say, how do I keep strict attention onto my God? What are the things that I've put in place in my life so that I keep strict attention upon my God? We say no to Satan. We know he is real. We know he is hovering. We know that he is prowling around like a lion, seeking someone to devour. Well, who is he going to devour? He's going to devour the ones who are not giving strict attention to God by being strong in your faith. How do I keep my faith strong? What are the things that I need to have in place in my life so that I am walking in a place where my faith is being strengthened? You are doing that right now. You know that, right? You, you've gathered together. You've come from your homes. You've come into this place. You've come here specifically to worship your God and to hear from God's word. You're doing some of that right now. This is a way that I, I stand firm in my faith, my firm in my faith, being aware of the body of Christ, that this isn't just about me, that God is placed around me. God is placed around me, brothers and sisters in Christ. And sometimes you have no idea what that person is going through, no idea what they're going through until you open up to them a little bit and you find out what they are carrying along. And you realize you are not alone. And then the last one, being affected because you are called, you are affect, being affected or experienced some type of suffering because you were called of God. Because you were called of God, that is why some of the suffering that you're going through in this age before the age to come. Now, let me end with this. We live in a wacky world. Oh, we live in a wacky world. But... Um, but our world knows something about God. So you probably, many of you probably experienced this last Sunday or Monday, Monday, when the, 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 the football player on the field uh, had a heart attack. And he went down, and they got medical attention to him. But what did the rest of the players do? Yeah, everybody got down on their knees. Everybody got down and prayed. And, and, and if you were flipping channels, if you were flipping channels, everybody on the television said, we need to pray for, I've, I've forgotten his name, Damar, Damar, we got to pray for Damar, we got to pray for Damar. Even on NFL Live, on NFL Live, that station, there was a guy that said, you know, we need to pray for Damar, kind of thing. And he said, you know, we say that a lot, but I think we need to do it right now. I'm going to bow my head and I'm going to pray right now for this man. You know, and so he did, he did. And, and why? Were they doing that? Because our world knows that there's power in prayer. Okay, so that's a good side. Let me give you a bad side. Let me give you a bad side. So a couple of weeks ago, in England, in England, England has made a law. They've made a law that there's a buffer zone around any abortion clinic. And there is no type of protest that can happen in that buffer zone around an abortion clinic. There's a lady that's been going to an abortion clinic, uh, outside of an abortion clinic for quite a while. She's about 45 years old. And so she went back to her spot that she always stood, and she was standing there on a public sidewalk, but apparently she was in the buffer zone. And the, and the abortion clinic was closed, okay? And she's standing there, and she's praying. Well, she's praying. She's not praying out loud. See, part of the law that they have, is that you cannot protest. And if you are praying, you are protesting. Why did they make that law? Because they know there's power in prayer. And that lady, the, the authorities came up, and I mean, I don't put it upon the person who, who was enacting it because the law came from down on high kind of thing. Why are you standing here? Well, I'm standing outside this place. Are you protesting was the next question. No, no, I'm not protesting. And then the person asked them, are you praying? And she said, and she said, well, I, 
I guess in my mind, yes, in my mind I'm praying. And he says, well, you're going to have to, you're being arrested and you'll have to come down to the office. Oh, I know, you shake your head. That's okay to shake your head go, what? But our world knows, our world knows that there's power in prayer. It's a powerful thing when Christians get together and when Christians pray, they know it. If it fits into their agenda or not, they know it. So there will be times that we will suffer. We will suffer because we are Christians. We are followers of Jesus Christ. And these things above it need to be the things that describe us as that suffering comes so that we continue to give him all the glory and all the praise, right? Amen. Amen. Would you stand with us? and I'll pray and we'll finish with our last song. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this instruction from 1 Peter. Um, it is a, just a powerful book, Lord. I am so thankful that we have been going through this book. And I, I pray this morning that you would um, guide us through our thoughts and maybe discussions with others as we think about our lives and, and how they are displayed to the world because they have been changed by you. They've been changed by you. So, Lord Jesus, uh, your hand upon us as we close this, close this service. In thy precious name, amen. amen. Thank you, Adam. Good word today, amen. Huh? Yeah. So, <clears throat> a little bit different closing today. So, um, I want to read out of number six. And the next song that we're going to sing, or the worship team is going to bring forth, is directly from Scripture. It's number six, and it says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. And the Lord turns his face toward you and gives you peace. So, a lot with that song, there's verses in this song that you have to have, you have to be reminded of. First and foremost, that his favor is on you. And it's not just on you, it's on the generations after you, your children. And then their children. So that's why you're here, to grow closer to him, to be more like him, so that you can go and make a difference. Just as Adam said, if we're not praying, who will? If we don't stand for him, who will? He gives us the strength to stand. We know Satan's coming, but we have the power in Jesus' name to say, uh-uh, not today, not today. So listen to the song and be reminded he's before you, he's around you, and he is with you. Amen? Have a great week.